Welcome into the post game show brought to you by Flight, the next generation of light beer from uh, Yingling. Guys, uh, Drew and Rod, uh, that was a blowout. That's, uh, that's what they say the big bucks for in uh, Austin to try to uh, figure out how they're going to beat Baylor this bad because it was not a contest after this 21 point explosion. Another big explosive quarter from Steve Sarkeesian. 21 points coming this time. In the second quarter, 38-6, to six, uh, the victory, uh, a definite victory, right? Uh, very thorough. A uh, lot of big explosive plays from the Longhorns tonight. Uh, whether it was Xavier Worthy in a punt return game or a, a, a throw, uh, Jonathan Brooks popping off a big run, uh, Jonte Cook downfield with a big catch, J.T. Sanders with a one-handed grab. A lot of good, good to see from the Longhorns. Additionally, guys – Two punts are muffed inside the own 20. Texas does not give up a touchdown on either of them. Uh, Rod, I'm, I'm, I'm alongside Bobby Burton. I'm alongside Rod Babers and Drew Kelson. How are you guys doing tonight? Rod is not a new father quite yet. It was a false alarm on Friday. Uh, but, uh, you know, I told Rod, my wife had false labor twice. His wife's now got it once. Uh, oh, man. Time. Uh, this is not false labor today. For the Longhorns, they uh, they dominoed uh, on the uh, Baylor Bears. Rod, Drew, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go this real quickly. Uh, much like Texas, I will be prepared uh, when the day comes because I got a good practice run. All right, for the uh, whenever the day comes, that's going to happen. But for Texas, they did. They just looked like they were a team that was ready to play to a standard. We had the team play four quarters. And this is probably as close as we've seen to a team playing four quarters. Now, we gave them a lot of props for cultivating the clutch gene earlier this season, right? In the first three games, we saw the clutch gene sort of respond to adversity in the second half, have 21-point explosions in the fourth quarters of games to win games and close opponents out. And that's great. That's a step this team needs to take. They still hadn't taken the step of being a four-quarter team. This is as close as they've come. I, I will watch the film and see if, you know, there was a, a lull at one point or they did slack off, but this was pretty close to being a four-quarter performance from Texas, and that's what they need to, in terms of playing to a standard, that's what they need to start accomplishing if they can play to an elite high-level four quarters. Uh, and I think today they came pretty close. Uh, Drew, this reminded me a little bit, a bit about when you and Rod used to play Baylor back in the day. Y'all beat them pretty handily. 38-6. <laughs> to six. What, what were your thoughts on this one? Good stress-free win. Um, it was actually the, the, the most intense part of the game was when we went – we didn't convert that first drive. We, we didn't score on that first drive. You start looking on social media. You start looking around just to see who's who's starting to, to get antsy. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, our, once I saw our defense on the first drive, I knew it was going to be a long, long game for them. And so our defense set the tone. I mean, it was just that first drive. I mean – that has really been the theme that has anchored us this entire season. I mean, we know every week this defensive line, this defense, our linebackers are flying around, making plays, uh, making it tough on everybody. So, I mean, the, the defense is really what's anchoring this team and has in every game. Um, the, the offense, of course, had some explosive plays. I mean, we scored on three of our first five drives, four of our six. I mean, we just – uh, we got into rhythm, and we found a ways to, to move the ball. And 
but just it was another strong performance by our defense and our offense definitely powdered on. Uh, can't, can't can't be mad at that. No, and you look at the numbers. Uh, look at this: three hundred twenty-five yards passing uh, on the night for the Longhorns. Uh, Quinn Ewers, this is the kind of efficiency that we've been talking about. Eighteen of twenty-three, Rod. Uh, that's pretty darn good, man. Uh, what, is, what is that, uh, 78% completion percentage? Uh, then Jonathan Brooks got him going on the br- ground, bro- breaks 100 yards again uh, this week with 106. Cedric Baxter came back, only had 21 uh, yards rushing on six carries. He looked like he was still a little hobbled uh, for the Longhorns. I want to add this real quick because I was not at the game, but I just got a text from someone, uh, both Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones late in the game had left the game uh, because of an injury. Both walked off the field looking like they were fine. Just yeah. so everyone out there knows that. That was uh, – did not want to see that happen going into uh, the rest of conference play uh, for the Longhorns. Uh, guys, the defense came to play. Y'all mentioned it. Jalen Ford got himself another interception. Uh, that's three out of four games, Rod and, and Drew, that the uh, senior from Frisco – has done a job of getting his hand on the ball. Just a an, an excellent game overall for Jalen. He leads the team in tackles, also had a tackle for loss, and, and the INT. Anthony Hill, the freshman, guys. Hey, Drew, you played linebacker. What? <laughs> he he has some gifts, doesn't he? He's special. He, he is special. And he's flanked by a guy who just, it seems like Benda can hit a second gear when he when he when he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, he, he fires out of there. So uh, both of those guys uh, showed up. But, yeah, Ford is just he, – he's different, man. The way he comes downhill um, and then just watching him, it's, it's really not fair. What Brian Murphy was doing on uh, – what Byron Murphy was doing to the uh, to the offensive line today, just to, to have to get past Murphy and then run into Ford was just – it was a rough day for the offense today for Baylor. There were so many guys that were putting pressure – on Sawyer Robertson. He was under duress constantly. Sometimes they did blitz. Sometimes guys, it was a three man rush and they were still collapsing the pocket. It was, I, I gotta say, I, I agree with Drew. When I saw the defensive line and how they were overwhelming the Baylor offensive line on every play, I, I didn't have any stress at all about the game. I just knew that Baylor wasn't going to be able to move the ball consistently. And they made a couple of plays here and there, but it was just, it was sporadic. I mean, it would say a deep ball here or there, oh, and a crossing route here or there. But, man, they were grasping. They, they, they was nothing that worked consistently for them because they couldn't block Texas in the run game and they couldn't block them uh, in any type of pass protection. It was That was that was really a great – a dominant performance by the defensive line. There ain't no doubt. Well, defensive front, 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 not just line because Drew, Drew's about the linebacker, front, defensive front. So, you know, talking about the, the Texas 38-6 to win over uh, uh, the guys from Waco, last game uh, in uh, Floyd – or not even Floyd Casey anymore, McLean Stadium, guys. Uh, big big win for the Longhorns tonight, 38-6. to uh, I'm alongside Rod Babers and Drew Kelson. Uh, this is brought to you by uh, Flight, the next generation of light beer from the folks over at Yingling. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, in everything uh, tonight. I've got a question for you guys. Um, looking ahead a little bit now, uh, I know some of you guys got a chance to look a little bit into the future with, with Kansas, uh, Rod B 
Uh, just an initial thoughts on that matchup Ooh. for the Longhorns. Uh, oh, man, I can't wait. Um, I DVR it. I'm going to watch it tonight, actually. I think I'm going to stay up late and watch that Kansas <laughs> game. I hadn't get a chance to watch it. I'm going to watch it again tonight. I think these are the two most creative, unique offenses in the Big 12 going head-to-head. Um, but they, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, that that Lance Leipold, is it is it Coltonicki? Uh, did I get his name correct? I, I might have messed it up. The offensive coordinator for Kansas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He, I'm telling you guys. The, it is a, it is an amalgamation of concepts. I honestly, there's nothing like it, really. I, I don't think in the country like Kansas offense. It's with Jalen Daniels, and when it's clicking, it's really good. I do think they're going to score some points on Texas. They're not better than Texas. They're not going to beat Texas. Their defense is improved, uh, but I can't wait to watch the the offensive showdown between Kansas and Texas. I think it's going to be really interesting. And Kansas, they've been saving some for Texas. I guarantee it. You're going to see something you ain't seen because of inter- – and likewise, on start, no question. Hey, I, Rod and, and Drew, uh, and Rod, you and I talked a little bit during the Watch With Us uh, segment uh, with Aaron Hogan earlier. And one of the interesting things, uh, on that first series uh, for the Longhorns, Quinn Ewers connects with uh, JT Sanders for a first down. The ball was thrown eight yards short of the first down. That was something clearly that Sark schemed up early. Yeah, uh, Longhorns, by and large, got out of the gate pretty quick other than that first drive, like Drew mentioned. What did y'all think of the offense's overall performance? I, I felt, and I mean, I felt this way throughout the season. Um, we're not running out of plays. Uh, and when I say that, <laughs> there were times in games last year and just really in the last couple of years where I felt like we had a, we had a bucket of plays we were really, really good at. And we see some plays three or four times in the first half. And this year, I mean, yes, you got your stand, you got your inside inside zone and some other plays we're running, but uh, we just have a lot of different ways to attack and get our playmakers the ball, um, whether that's behind the line of scrimmage, whether that's downfield, intermediate routes, uh, pass out to, to Jay Brooks in the flats. I mean, whatever we decided to do, we had so many ways to get our playmakers the ball. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge part of it moving forward. Um, because we haven't really leaned on anything. Yes, we had a great night of running the ball. I'm happy we did, but I, I just haven't felt like there's one specific way we, we've just leaned on. So um, it definitely keeps guys guessing, and uh, tonight was another night of that. Uh, hey, Bobby, I love what you brought up earlier, because I brought it up, too, on the uh, in-game live watch. Uh, when Texas had their first third long, and they and, and, and I, everybody was thinking about it. I was like, oh, damn, here go Dave Aranda, and he lined up with the amoeba front. Seven guys on the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Hell, actually, it might have even been eight. It, it, seven, <laughs> eight guys line of scrimmage. And then they send four uh, or, and drop three or send three and drop four, whatever combination. You just don't know which four or which three. And that's called a simulated pressure. But they use those teams in combination. They used it against Texas last season. Got five sacks in four of those five sacks. They were using one or two or a combination of those concepts. And they, they lined up in it, and I saw, I was like, oh, no, here he goes. And it seems like Sark had a built-in beater for it, which was that immediate fail-safe check down to JT. And it seemed like Quinn knew it. He knew exactly where it would be, and he just hit it. If it, if it hits, great. If not, you know, hey, we live to fight another day. It hit because basically they found that, you know, basically the guys they end up sending, I think they dropped – two of those players off the front there. I got to go back and remember watching it. But either way, he gave Quinn a, 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 an out, 
right? He gave him a check down there and Quinn knew where it was. That's kind of the key for, for Quinn. If he's prepared for those situations, there's no panic. Last year there was panic because I don't think he was prepared for it. This year, Sark prepared for it easy. And he took he, he was clean. And remember, Sark said in two of the three games this season, the opponent presented them with looks that they did not see on film, which means they didn't prepare Quinn for it. I don't know if Dave Aranda presented Texas with those looks today that they didn't prepare for on film because it looks like Quinn was well prepared for him. And I think that was kind of the key to his performance tonight. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, we saw good Quinn tonight, 18 to 23, uh, you know, took care of the ball. He was helped by some receivers, though, too. John, uh, Jonathan Brooks made that one-handed grab on that throwback pass. Tremendous catch. JT Sanders with the one-handed catch. A lot of, lot of nice plays there uh, from the Longhorn. <laughs> I, I, I look at it, and I thought it was – Drew made a nice analogy or a nice comment. They didn't run out of plays. They were running new stuff well in the late in the third quarter. I, I just loved how they marched. They, they knew that the number one offense was going to come back one more time, right? In the final stretch, you were already up 38 to six. They had the ball. They marched right down the field, right? It felt like Baylor had said uncle. Uh, now they ended up missing a chip shot field goal. Bert Auburn missed one that, you know, uh, a lot of, he, he probably shouldn't have missed. Uh, but that felt like a team that was on the verge of taking someone's will or had taken someone's will, right? That was a dominating performance from that standpoint that we've been talking about that Texas really didn't do against Wyoming or even Rice to some degree, right? Yep. I think there are two things, uh, multiple things about, I think number one, like you said, I think Sark's trying to play a, have a team play a four quarter game where they play first quarter and they play all the way through the fourth quarter and he doesn't want to let up off the gas, right? No, no, no. He wants these. And like Drew said, no, no. Those plays who are practicing guys, we're running them. This is we're not settling because uh, we're up in this game. No, no, we're aggressive. And he said that before the game. He said we got to be aggressive. We can't afford. We're going to be attacked. We got to start going on the attack because teams are going to be attacking us because Texas, you know, the farewell tour, embrace the hate, all that kind of stuff. Number two, I wrote this down too. I wanted to make sure I got it right in my notes. I wrote it down. I said this. Game plan by Sark, this play calling performance by Sark was a, a campaign of misinformation that will dull the senses of Texas opponents with minutia and <laughs> waste their valuable, most valuable resource, which is time. People don't talk about it enough. They don't think about it enough. You only got a certain amount of hours that you're allowed to practice and meet per week. Sark throughout. 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, 6-0 line package. We saw the double pass. I mean, like you said, you said, Drew, they threw it. He, like, he was like, man, where, like, where are these new plays coming from? Bob, he was throwing out new plays. We hadn't even seen. We're like, well, where, where was that play at? I think he is, this is putting the Big 12 on notice. That if you want to prepare for Texas, you better do your homework. And you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to be somewhat prepared and maybe mildly knowledgeable about all of the concepts Texas is going to throw at you, or you're going to be very well prepared and extremely deeply knowledgeable about just a few concepts. Cause you can't, you ain't got enough time to be extremely knowledgeable and very well prepared for all Texas concepts. Cause there's too many of me throwing at you. Well, I, I think that's well, music to a lot of Texas fans ears. Drew. <laughs> 
I, I want to hear Rob repeat it what he wrote again. <laughs> I want to hear that. That may be the last time we hear this. I want to hear because we're gonna stop. Made... It's no longer gonna be called football theory, it's gonna be called football thesis. <laughs> no, no, I think the, the point Rod made, and I appreciate it, uh, which really uh, puts puts pressure on us, I think, is there's so many different things that we can do and so many different ways that we can attack. Teams will not be able to prepare for every formation, every player, every pass, every throw, every RPO. They, they just can't prepare for it all. Can't do it. What that also puts us in position. Um, this is what this does. And we've seen it already this season. The only thing stopping us is our failed execution. The only thing stopping us is our failed execution on the O-line or on the defense. It really comes down to how does Texas show up and prepare every game. We have yet to see. I mean, the reason why people have been pissed about some of the games we've had is because we're looking at the film, too. It's like, man, we should have made that play. We should have made that play. The only thing that has stopped us so far this season is us. So, Oh, with this dominant defense we've had, uh, with our offense being so multiple and being able to and, and really finding a groove uh, late in the games running the ball, really we found it early in the game running the ball. I, I just, I'm starting to feel like, I mean, we're seeing this team where the only thing that can really put our opponents in position to, to have an opportunity is us. So that, that's, that's good to see through four games, and um, next game will be no different. <laughs> we we got we to gotta show up. Yeah, I look at it, and it's 38-6, to six, the final score. Texas beats Baylor uh, soundly. Uh, guys, I look at it this way. Um, it's 38-6, to six and Texas muffed two punts inside their own 20, and Burt Auburn missed a gimme field goal. And can I throw one more other thing out there since we want things to complain about? Because we, yeah, we, I'm not complaining. I'm no, not no, saying that's how not. dominating the win was. No, no, I agree. But we like some first world problems. So we got to have something to complain about, right? We long one thing. We were complaining about the wide receiver rotations and the safety rotation. What the hell's going on with the wide receivers? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the, defending the deep ball a little bit bothered me. Just a little bit. Just throwing it out there. It bothered me a little bit. They, nah, Ryan, Ryan Watts got beat twice. Uh, and Jaron Thompson got beat another time, got turned around on as a safety. Yeah, just uh, that, I agree. Yeah, so that I'm like I said, critique, I'm not being critical because they dominated, but there's something to watch a little bit. Well, I can guarantee you, Dylan, Dylan Gabriel is going to be looking at that because he's the one that that uh, really goes after the deep ball, the quarterback at at yep. uh, uh, for Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, speaking with Drew Kelson, Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, this is the post game show brought to you by. Uh, Flight, the next generation of light beer. Uh, it is a reduced calorie, 95 calories, 2.6 carbs uh, per serving. Uh, just uh, good for after the game uh, drinking for everyone involved. All right, um, guys, I want to take some questions from the audience, obviously. Uh, we're going to also bring in some, some stats again and look those over. Uh, I've got to ask you guys, uh, before we do that, um, your, your thoughts on where Texas is now sitting at 4-0. I mean, everything's ahead of them, right? I mean, don't doesn't Texas have a chance now to do everything they thought they would? I thought the Alabama game, Alabama going out and beating Ole Miss despite a poor performance in the first half kind of solidifies Texas's ranking and pushing forward right now for for Texas on the national scale. I know we need to stay stay focused at just the Kansas situation, but overall it's it's uh looking really good for the Longhorns right now. Yeah, I think 
you know, you watch college football today and yeah. goodness, Clemson and Florida State went at it. And so Florida State still 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 hanging on tough. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Also, you, I, I root against OU uh, every week. <laughs> and it's one of those things like I want OU to be undefeated. Exactly. Uh, coming to the to, to the game against us, but Thank at the same you. time, I mean, if you're gonna lose, lose. I want you to lose too. <laughs> so, uh, but but coming into our game, and I know they feel the same way about us. But um, you know, Kansas is next week. Um, I'm glad we have Kansas at home. Uh, if there was something that was gonna scare me about that game, because uh, I want to take, I do want to take it a game at a time. Uh, we can't muff any punts. <laughs> Next week, that's not an offense we can do that against. Today was a different day. Yeah. We got away with that, and that's fine. Next week, we can't afford that. Uh, and that's – you can call it an anomaly. You can call it uh, something that we just haven't seen so much this year. At the same time, though, um, we have something to coach on. We have something to be prepared for. Kansas put up 38 points today, guys. Um, they put up 38 points. You, you, tomorrow you sweep this win under the rug and you, you got to keep locking in game after game. You're going to, you're going to have to lock in and play. And I'm happy Kansas has done enough um, on the field so far to, to get our guys attention going into next week. All right. Uh, speaking with Drew Kelson, Rod Babers, uh, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, we're going to get to you guys questions. Uh, I want to read out some scores from the big 12 first, just to catch everybody up uh, to speed. Texas tech now is one in three. They lose wow. on the road to West Virginia, 13 to 20. Tyler Shuck uh, goes out. Uh, Baron Morton's has to finish. Uh, ran out of time. Uh, they, they, they turn it over on downs at the end of the game there. Texas Tech does in West Virginia territory. Goes down 13 to 20. Neil Brown at West Virginia all of a sudden is three and one, guys. Wow. Um, TCU uh, continues uh, their dominance of SMU in that rivalry. Uh, the Horned Frogs win 34 to 17. Kansas, as you, you and uh, Rod, Rod, you and uh, Drew mentioned, uh, defeats BYU 38-27. to BYU the week before had gone on the road and beat Arkansas, by the way. Uh, so that's not a bad BYU team. Uh, just something to, to look at there. And then here's one for you. Uh, Iowa State plays the wins the battle of the winless uh, to some degree, uh, winning 34-27 to over Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy. Uh, has got to be uh, upset right now with what's going on. He's one of the better coaches in the league and can't seem to find his find out what's going on. Rod, I see you kind of kind no, of my, <laughs> I, and I got to because I'm with you. I like Mike. My, I don't like Mike Gundy, but I think he's a hell of a coach. I think we all know that he's proven that. I honestly, he's still playing three quarterbacks, guys. He is rotating three quarterbacks in this day and age of football. I think he's pulling the George Costanza. I think he's trying to get fired around there. I think he's doing, he's going to keep doing more and more strange, bizarre, eccentric things until somebody steps in and goes, Mike, I got to let you go. Thank you. He's going to be like, thank you. I've been trying to get, get fired for a while, but wondering y'all to come to y'all senses. He's, I don't know what's going on, but if he's, he, if he plays three quarterbacks again next game and he's been doing it every game this season, like I said, my theory just ends up gaining more and more credence, more credibility. <laughs> yeah, he's—I don't know what's going on up in Stillwater, but he's clearly uh, got issues. If he's losing to Iowa State, uh, both teams did not let the other teams let the other team score quite a bit, which is uh, interesting. Hey guys, I want to mention uh, a couple of things here. King ask is Kelvin Banks okay? Uh, I spoke with someone immediately following the or during the game uh, while they were on the sidelines. Both Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks were walking fine post game. 
Now, you know, they, they get back on the bus. They put them in a boot. Who knows? But uh, at least we know that uh, for you uh, as of right now. Uh, this one uh, is a good question from Br Frank DeCluet. Uh Rod and uh, Andrew, uh, is this the best D-line rotation to come through Texas? I don't know about ever, but it's certainly the best in the last 10, 15 years. I mean, Puna Ford, Aminahu, uh, those guys were together, but I don't know that they had the depth like they do right now. Yeah, it, it, this group has more depth. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing about it is to think, like, last year they were deeper. Like, <laughs> last year they had Colbert and Ojimo in front of that group with basically all these other guys. All these guys they have now, they have this with Ojo, mm -hmm. Ojimo and Coburn. Uh, Pro Football Focus, I read an article, uh, you know, early in the offseason. They said, based on their uh, the scores and the, the Pro Football Focus rankings, Texas had the deepest interior D-line in the country last year. Crazy to think that, but now – you go, oh, actually, yeah, that kind of makes sense because they had Ojemo and Coburn in addition to Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat and Alfred Collins and Vernon Bryden. Man, I'm with you. It is deep. I, you probably got to go back to mid, you know, 2000s, you know, Drew Kelsey. You, you probably know better than me. Probably your days, man, somewhere around there where they had a D-line that was deep. I had, a, I had good D-lines, too. I mean, I came in with Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. I don't know if there was a better D tackle condom in the history, D tackle uh, tandem in history of Texas football. Honestly, I, I think <laughs> it's the, it's the depth. It, it really is the depth that makes the difference. And it'd be different in years past. Let's just say you'd have younger talent comes in, they're playing well, but then your older talent kind of falls behind. But you got your Vernon Broad and your Tavondre. Like you have guys who are developing and contributing in addition to the guys who have come in and are starting to contribute. And that's not just on the D-line, guys. I mean, Jet Bush was out there getting snaps today, too. You know, he's been getting snaps all season. Like, it, I'm telling you, we're having guys contribute that we never we never considered would be be doing so. Uh, it's, 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 it goes beyond just the, just the talent. I think the reason we have this depth is because guys are developing. And um, you look up and you're like, who's in the game? Because you really don't know who. It just there's a track meet. And everybody's taking off on the D line when the ball is snapped, and you're, that's when you get to say, "Okay, who's in for this this round of plays?" I, I know this isn't on the uh, interior, but Justice Finkley got a sack today. Yeah, he did. I saw uh, that. He, he got his most extended action of the the year. Uh, so uh, you saw more Jeray Bledsoe today. You also saw uh, um, uh, Jamon Tap. Jamon Tap was the other one I was going to go with. Drew, thanks. Um, they they saw a lot more rotation on the outside too. Uh, I Rod, I wrote this down for you uh, because I, I and I forgot to mention it off the top of the show. Do you realize Pete Kwiatkowski came out in a base four three? Jade Barron did not. There there were uh, he came in on the third and longs, but he they played a base four three today starting off. Yeah, Jerry was talking about that on the uh, the in game live watch, and you know, I don't know how I feel about taking Jade Barron off the field. I, I know, I, 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 I know, I know he's doing it situationally, and it's yeah. about matchups, and but I mean, I, 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 he's like your top three, one of your top three best players on defense. He put in work last week, Rod. Give him some, give him a game off, man. He, he put <laughs> in work. We literally, it would have been a different game last week without Jade. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not questioning PK because PK you know, is killing it right now, man. He's doing a great job. But man, taking Jade Barron off the field—that's 
I don't know. It's quite, it's something that I think we could debate. We could debate whether that's the right move because he's such a great tackler and he has such great instincts that I honestly I think you could put him at safety and put one of your safeties in the box. And 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 honestly, put him that might safety. actually approve the deep ball. Yeah, I think you would put him at safety and take one of them other safeties out and be like, nah, Jade Barrett is a better option at safety. Yeah, uh, other young guys got a lot of time. Hey. Manny Muhammad saw his most his uh first uh big one. Rod's most he fans notebook. Hey, I got the notebook right here. There you go. All your notes right there. Thank you. I like that. I, but what, what I was getting at, guys, uh, with, with that, we saw some other other young players, not only the uh, uh, Anthony Hill that we talked about earlier, Malik Muhammad, Manny Muhammad saw his – I think he saw he, a lot of time. He looked good, Rod. He looked good. Oh, yeah. he closes on the ball so fast, so quickly. I love – man, I love me some Manny Muhammad. His, co- his coverage skills are next level. He's a just a natural man coverage guy. He really can't play sticky coverage. Even he plays off. Yeah, like he just he really does his closing speed when he plays off. He has great anticipation. Um, he's he's going to start. I mean, sooner rather than later. I, I mean, oh, oh, <laughs> it, oh, it, came it, up with his first pick too. Yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah. That was almost that was a Drew that was a Drew Kelson drop where the ball <laughs> pops out at the end. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> the end hey Drew, hey yep. Drew, I've got to hold on to it long enough to get a good pick. Yeah, Derek yeah. Wilson, uh, Derek Williams. You used to play oh. a little safety too, Drew. Yeah, man. Uh, Derek Williams jumped the out route for uh, a, a, a stop on a third down as well. He was all there. Uh, just a number of young guys. Jonte Cook made his first real presence known uh, yeah. today. Uh, so it it is a uh, it's a situation right now where the Longhorns are bringing their young guys along. Uh, well, uh, Cam Williams got his uh, chance today mm-hmm. to come in uh, when Christian Jones went out. Uh, all in all, uh, we did not, however, get to see the uh, christening of Arch Manning uh, this this evening. Uh, Malik Murphy went in as second string, uh, got him a one first down. Savion Red looked good. Uh, Jaden Blue looked good. But uh, all in all, uh, just a dominating performance by the Longhorns. I'm going to get back to some questions now on the uh, uh, Inside Texas on Texas Football post game. Uh, brought to you guys. Uh, by flight, the next generation of light, light beer. Uh, here we go. Here's one from Tyler Ruiz. Might have been the last chance to play Arch this year. I know it has to kill Sark that he hasn't got to play, get any playing time. The young DBs look great. I'm not too really, not too fond of Taffy in coverage. Well, I mean, he got beat once and uh, caused an INC or caused a pass interference. Is it the situation where? maybe we start to see more of a uh, Derek Williams that we just talked about. I think so. Yeah. I think you're going to see more Derek Williams, but they are, they rotate their safety. I mean, they're pretty rigid about it. I thought it they would really be more are. situationally, but they just, they rotate them. And like I said, they, they don't really have a situational rotation and they just, um, I'll go back and try to track it, but it seems like they just have their own rotation and guys are in there. And it's pretty obvious that teams, at least Baylor was targeting, you know, they went after Taff a little bit and they went when Taff was in there and they went after him. So I think other teams will take that note and they'll probably go after. Why would you go after the the, the Jalen Catalan when you can go after Taff? And it's nothing against Taff. Taff's a good player, but Jalen Catalan's a better player. So I'll take my chances when Taff's in there and run this concept versus him rather than running versus Catalan. That's what you're going to get more of. Hey, did you see Jalen Catalan fill the hole? 
he's an alley cat, man. Listen, there's a reason he hasn't finished. He can't finish season. You can't play every down like that, man. <laughs> you cannot throw your body around. You cannot. I don't care. You can't do that. <laughs> he goes harder than necessary. I'm just saying. That's, he, hey, he, listen to the man. He, he, he's he's accelerating though. through guys who on contact, they're going to, I mean, dude, secure the tackle. Your yeah. body, like. Hey, he ain't lying, man. No, Drew, that's, I, I know people ain't, people think that, I listen, I know he's being, you know, there's some, some joke in there too, but that is serious though, because you can make a tackle. You ain't always got to make a hit. Dude. And Rob B, I, I, I didn't make a lot of hits in my time. I made a lot of nice tackles though. And it never made a highlight film or real. It was sometimes it was ugly. It's Robbie grabbing some ankles and just holding on and then waiting to deep Derek Johnson comes. You know what I mean? It was, it, but so, you're right. Sometimes in football, you know, that's a smarter place. Like when Eric Dickerson and, and Emmy Smith would just run out of bounds or they would, you know, instead of getting that last big hit, they would save themselves. There is some of that in football, man. And I know Jalen Catalan, he only plays one speed, but that might be a way to, might be a way to save yourself for, you know what I mean? For the long haul. I, I tell you what, I, I, I would agree with y'all, but I think that was such a it was a hello type hit. It was. It was it was at a time it wasn't late in the game, it was in the second quarter still, and it was a hit where everybody just kind of went, oh man, that's a little bit different. And it rocked the guy a little bit. It, oh, I, I think there's a tone setter, right? There's times for tone setting hits. You you know, it, it reminded me so this nobody would know this because this this happened in practice, but I almost feel like is J- is Jalen Catalan playing like this? Just to- I think we may. Did he did he freeze oh, on you, Rod? Was, that was so suspenseful. He, yeah, that yeah, was, it's was, not was, Leave the leave him up there like that. <laughs> he left me hanging. I was like, what? What was that? I'm frozen. Okay, here oh, we go. Hey, no, yeah, go back. That was a hell of a tease, man. I'm like. Ah, ah. It reminded you of what it reminds you of a practice. I, I remember, I remember my freshman year. Uh, you know, everybody thinks they're going to get a lot of playing time and practice and everything else. And I remember it was like the last week before of camp. I hadn't really gotten much reps, you know. So the practice where I, they knew they were going to scrimmage the young guys, I was literally just trying to collide. Like I was playing with, I'm mashing <laughs> every hit from the hit. And there's somebody who got concussed at practice, um, and. But, I mean, it wasn't his fault. You know, I was just in that mode. And I feel like when I watch him play with that violence, it's almost like, when are you guys just going to give me my reps? <laughs> like, like <laughs> why, why are you rotating me in and out of this game? Like, I, I'm, I'm flying around like this because I, I need y'all to understand what this can be down after down after down after down. This guy, when he's coming downhill, it just there's no regard. <laughs> hey, yeah. Loba Bread also mentioned something. Uh, uh, and now Rod's multifarious notebook also mentioned something about Trey Wisner and his hit on the kickoff. That was yeah. a good pop too. Uh, absolutely, uh, the young freshman originally from Waco, by the way, uh, went to Desoto High School his senior year mm-hmm. uh, and helped them win a state championship. Uh, William Niche with the super chat. Thanks, William. Great win. Kansas is going to test this team. Love yeah. this team. Hey guys, a lot yeah. of people are saying they're I think we're starting to see an identity of this team. Did one emerge tonight a little bit? Is yeah. that a fair 
The defense was really suffocating. It's been what's led them through the first four games, right? Yep. That, you know, we've, we've said that is what they are, and then a big play offense. Is that kind of what, what we think they are right now? Maybe getting better on offense and chipping away at some efficiency uh, issues they had. It looked yeah. like that to me. That's a good point because offensively, right, they still have issues. We, we're we in the bubble, so we look at everything on a, you know, a micro level to the detail. Money downs, third downs, I think, are still kind of an issue for Texas at times. Um, I, I mean, they're also, you know, I think the opening – like script probably i mean this game they they started really fast but that's probably something that longhorn fans pointed out so we're being really nitpicky in the stuff that we're talking about but that's stuff that could come back to haunt them in big games but i agree with you that's why we talked about how they can have these 21 point explosions in six minutes seven minute spans that totally take the game you know put the game out of reach did it versus bama did it versus wyoming did it versus rice now this game was a little bit different they just kind of put together a a, a total offensive onslaught uh, on Baylor, but I agree with you. They still was it was little with big plays though. It was big plays, boom, boom, boom. We didn't get. I mean, how many long sustained? Did we get any double digit drives? I don't know. If I don't know. Hey, Matt, will you bring that up? Will I don't you bring the stats up real quick. I want to check and see what our third, what the Longhorn third down percentage was tonight too. I, I, you know, I, I don't think they third down three of nine. So that's still that's still like a a bugaboo. For Texas, right? That's an issue. It's something that they they worked on in off season, still really haven't fixed. They worked on it, you know, last season a lot, and Sark talked about it and still really haven't fixed a third down. Rod, Rod, five hundred yards of total offense against Dave Aranda. Yeah, no, no. That's what I, 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 I mean, I agree with you on third and nine. Nitpicky. Yeah, I know. I yeah. agree with you. I I, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, but if I would have told you prior to this game that Texas was going to have 503 yards of, of uh, total offense, you would have taken that and gone home, right? Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have said he'd get 500 on, on Baylor. Yeah. Um, but Baylor, Baylor, Baylor's defense has been bad. I mean, that's Wyoming looks like they were a better team than Baylor. That if Baylor and Wyoming faced off, that Wyoming would be Baylor. Got it. Look at look at the the uh, the, the Longhorns on fourth down defense, guys. Baylor only one of five. That's pretty darn good. Uh, and, and five of 18 change. on third downs. The sudden change too, Bobby, was good for Texas defense. You talked about that. After yep. the turnovers, the the you know the muff punts or whatever, the fumble punts, Texas defense came back. If you allow a field goal in that situation, just telling you as a defensive guy, that's considered a win. Backs hey, up against at, the wall. Look at this. Uh, average yards per rush. Baylor entered the contest averaging 4.9 yards per carry. They lead 1.9 tonight. Uh, the guys up front really just took care of business. That's that's what that basically boils down to, in my opinion, uh, for the Longhorns. Just a wow. tremendous game. Uh, and I do think this team is starting to, to give us an identity. Uh, you know, they're starting to do that. Uh, <laughs> all right, keep going here. Here's a question for you guys. Is Texas, Texas or for me, is Texas keeping up? with the points average points scored given that your guests predicted prior to the start of the season. No, they're not. Uh, Phil Steele is who they're talking about. Oh, okay. guys. Uh, what do you predict? He had his algorithm okay. uh, predicted 39 points for on average and 21 points against. Where are they at now? Well, I think they've scored under on both. Well, yeah, they're, they're under on both, but they've scored at least 31 points in every game. 
yeah. they're not they're they're deeper under the, uh, the under the points against. And I don't know that Phil and his prediction appropriately uh, uh, approximated the time of possession with the new clock. Oh, with the new rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take I mean, many, yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, so that's 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 something. Emmanuel, thanks for the question and asking. It was 39 and 21 in the preseason. Uh, Kansas is best on offense. We're the best on defense. Texas to cover. Oh, that's good. What do you, got? You, you agree that Texas in, you, is Kansas better offensively than OU? OU, OU only put up 20 today on uh, Cincinnati. I think Kansas is better offensively. Schematically, I think it's better. Yep. Um, in terms of personnel, I mean, you can make the argument if you want to. I, I like Dylan Gabriel too, but I, I'll, I'll take Kansas' offense actually over um, Oklahoma's offense. I do think it's better. And their defense is improved. Texas arguably has – I mean, they have the best defense in the Big 12. Kansas' offense along with Texas and Oklahoma is probably the best in the Big 12 too. I, I the thing I'm looking forward to in this matchup between Texas and Kansas is really I want to see this defense tested. Uh, they they they've passed every test so far, um, and they don't have many weaknesses. They have like one or two things that you could you can maybe point out that have been effective versus this Texas defense, but not many things at all. And if there are any ways to exploit the Texas defense, I'm confident that. Lance Leopold and his staff with a with a healthy Jalen Daniels will find it. And if it's not, then they won't. And then we'll be talking about Texas, one of the best defenses in all of the, you know, all of college football, all of the power five. Remember, we asked the question, could this defense go from a good defense to a great defense, even an elite defense? Right now, they look like they can make that leap like it's possible. Um, I think Kansas will be a really Kansas and Oklahoma will be a really good test to see if they indeed are on that elite level, they can make that kind of leap. I fill in this a answer for you and you, uh, Drew and Rod. This is the best Texas defense we've seen since 2009. That's, I mean, I, that's I, it I, for me. I mean, yeah, it, that, I think that's the easy answer there is 2009, just as far as production. I mean, they're, they're better than anything we saw in 2010. More complete, in my opinion. He just says the D line so much better. The D, the D line yeah. so much better. Like I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. The D line is the front seven, right? Jalen Ford, right? Because he's the best coverage linebacker in the country. We haven't seen a linebacker this good in coverage at Texas since Derrick Johnson in the country. I mean, he's just like I said, I, I haven't seen a linebacker watching any college football game that reads cover that reads uh, route concepts as well as Jalen Ford. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, that's why they're better. Cause in anything else, I mean, maybe I could find secondaries that could compete and be oh, better. Oh, well, well, with Diggs but, and Picaro and you know, saying like, no, 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 no. I'm talking yeah. about like, yeah, like even even since 2010, like even since then, like yeah. there are some good secondaries, but the D line, the front seven, you gotta take it back to 09 because of that. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, they just affect the game so much. Yeah, they do, man. You got no I, they've, got thir they've now got 13 sacks through four games. <laughs> they, they anchor our identity. I think. I think that's why next week against Kansas, I'm, I'm so excited to see that matchup with our defense because you know Kansas hasn't seen this defense yet. You know, not just this defense this year, but even if they're thinking, well, we we played Texas before. This is the same Texas defense. <laughs> this is not the same Texas defense any of these teams in the Big Twelve saw last year or the year prior. 
uh, these guys are playing different. So um, I think well, that, that's, well, that's a great let, – let's take that. You and Rod are, are here, and y'all both play long defense for the Longhorns. Why do you say this one's different than last year? Is it is it because they're older? Is it because PK's finally got his system and they've got confidence? They've made some adjustments maybe on third downs. Why do y'all think this defense is better than a year ago's? I mean, give it, Rod just said it. I mean, Coburn and Amo, Jomo and even Overshone gone to the NFL. Yep. Why I think it's a combination better? of things. I, I, last year, um, while I, I think we had solid safety play, I think we were still putting Band-Aids on um, our pass defense in general. I mean, third and longs, we just – I mean, we got to third downs and we couldn't stop guys. Uh, but I've always felt like offense and defense – I mean, for the defense to really work, there's so many – there's different elements that have to work together. Your defensive line needs to complement your DBs. Your defense – your DBs need to complement your defensive line. Uh, but also, a coach can have the perfect play call for a player, and sometimes we give players credit for a great call. But also, there's times where you're in a bad call and the players have to bail out the coach. And we have a good combination of players bailing out the coach and the call with the coach calling plays, just teeing things up for the players to tee off. You can't – that. that's what I see is happening a lot more this year is we have players bailing out bad defensive calls, but we also have coaches dialing up pressures that – the DBs are holding on long enough to where the quarterback has nowhere to go. It's a combination of all these things working together. Um, you just you want to see guys get home. Last year we were getting pressures. We weren't getting sacks. Mm-hmm. It counts as a pressure on a third and 17, but if he keep, completes the pass, yes, in the stat it's a pressure, but it's a first down too. This year we're getting off the field. We have players who are belling out the coach. We have coaches who are putting players in position to make plays just with their talent and – you know, when that back end is, is locking up guys long enough, you just you can't. I mean, it's, it's a combination of all the parts working together this year. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Bobby Burton uh, alongside Drew Kelson and Rod Baber's uh, lifetime Longhorns uh, alongside here. Uh, this is the post game show brought to you by the folks over at Flight, uh, the next generation of light beer from the uh, producers of Yingling. Uh, guys, you know, I'm looking at this and uh, there is uh, a lot of questions going around. Uh, I've got a question here from Gail Guerra uh, asking about why Nayor is not playing. He did not play tonight. I did not see him. We don't know. Uh, it could be he's still waiting from injury. Could be a number of different things. Um, here's here's the question I have for you guys going forward, too, from Texas Boy. Baylor just showed the Big 12 what happens when you don't run the three high against Texas. Is that true, Rod? I mean, no, no, not necessarily. That's, yeah, I think that is, um, you know, because listen, the three high has worked against Sark to minimize offensive productivity, but Texas still wins against teams that run the three high defense. You still, you got to be in 
you know, Iowa State runs the three high, Kansas State runs the three high, Texas is beating those teams. You got to still be a well-rounded football team. I just think that's part of the the blueprint to throw out there. I'm surprised Dave Aranda wouldn't throw it out there at times, but he was never really in in the game. To, <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to go back and watch it. Maybe he did throw it out there, and I never just saw it. Maybe it didn't work. Um, but, yeah, some coaches decide, you know, we can run our system. We don't have to um, – basically, we don't have to make it malleable, and we don't have to tailor this system to necessarily exploit the weaknesses of our opponent. But I do think it's misguided to, to, to the Texas point to the person who brought that up is that Sark even admitted the games, there were two games prior to this Baylor game, two games out of the three where an opponent presented them with defensive looks that Quinn wasn't prepared for because they didn't see those looks on film. If I'm Dave Aranda, I'm presenting things that I didn't present on film. You got to break tendency. That's basically what Sark is saying. If you break tendency, you got a chance to beat us. Or you got a chance to at least, you know, confuse us. And you got a chance to discombobulate Quinn early on, which is what Rice did and Wyoming did, because it was something that Quinn was not prepared for. When Quinn is prepared, Quinn can look like the best quarterback in the country. I'm not making that up. Versus Alabama, he was well prepared, right? Because they prepared for that game for like six to eight months. And he was amazing in that game because there was nothing that Bama presented to him that he was not prepared for. He had seen it all because Sark had probably had told him, hey, man, this is what we're doing. And they had been running those plays in spring, running those plays, probably doing the rice week too. Think about the Oklahoma game in 2022. That was Quinn's first game back, right? What are the chances that Sark was saying, these are the plays we're running, Quinn. This is the day you're coming back. Get ready. Get ready. Know them intimately. These are your plays, baby. All right, so what are we doing? Know the game plan. He knew the game plan. And, and I think now as he gets – you know, deeper and deeper into his career. He's got now what 14 starts or whatever. He'll be, you know, more acclimated and he'll be more adapt to uh, adapt, I should say, with the game plan and to adapt in the games. Um, but there's no doubt when he is well prepared, like he was in this game, and Baylor did not present him with a look he wasn't prepared for, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the country, like he did. There's pretty clear you got to break tendency versus Sark, whether that be going to the three high or not. You better show him a look he hadn't seen. Otherwise, you're going to be in for the business. <laughs> yeah. I love that description. All right. Hey, uh, it's me with Rod Babers and Drew Kelson. Uh, guys, uh, I, I want to add another player to the mix uh, that probably saw his most extensive action uh, in the passing game this year, and that's Gunnar Helm. Uh, Gunnar Helm, actually, Sark used both tight ends in the passing game today. Uh, we saw, of course, uh, uh, JT Sanders with that one-handed grab uh, that looked like flypaper hands, man. Uh, the only other, the only <laughs> best hands ever at UT tight end, maybe David Thomas, maybe Jermichael Finley. Uh, those two guys, I don't know that David Thomas dropped a ball that touched his hands as a senior in the national championship year. So it's hard to say the, the, the best one ever, but uh, my point was more about Gunnar Helm. And yeah. another guy joining the party, kind of, of contributing to this team. I, I think what stands out, first of all, Gunnar Helm. I mean, Sark, Sark, Sark even admitted it last week. There was a play, was it, maybe it was two weeks ago. Uh, there was a play in the second half. He said the second drive or the first drive of the second half, Sark was almost like he was trying to force a play to Gunnar Helm. And he said he kind of wanted those plays back. And then on third down, he's behind the chains. And then, you know, he, he had two calls he didn't like. 
um, he's been working to get Gunnar Helm uh, into the game plan, but also he's been very complimentary of him over the last couple of weeks. Yes, yeah. um, but what we're st- what I'm what I appreciated about Gunnar today that kind of works within the entire offense. We talk about the deep ball. You know, I, you know, I haven't got we haven't got any deep deep, deep ball questions since Bama, right? But the deep ball is not the only way we create explosive plays. And I think Gunnar Helm, the, the tight end screens, the running back screens, the intermediate routes, there's more ways to create explosive plays than just the deep ball. Yeah. And so while we want to see that, I think I'm having more fun watching us just create these big explosive plays. I mean, there, how many first and tens did we have today where we got a first down on first on, on first down? Mm-hmm. So as much as we, I'd love to look look at those numbers too, because I hate seeing three for nine on third down, but there's certain drives and I'm looking at my notes. Look at this, first down, first down. For, I'm literally trying to track everything. It's like, man, we we getting first down five plays in a row, and Gunner Helm, the explosive plays, we're doing a lot more of that this year. And I think he's just a testament of how we're just finding ways to get explosive plays out of everybody on this roster right now. Yeah, you look at that, and that gives you a chance to to read the explosive plays. Forty nine yards uh, for JT Seniors, fifty one for Jonte Cook on that. Uh, I mean, he just ran oh, yeah. right up the middle of the defense, right by the safety. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> hey, hey, I want to ask you guys: best throw of the night for Quinn Ewers for you guys? What, what oh, do you think the best? Because I, I I've got one that's not may not be what everybody else is thinking. I love the the slant or the skinny. Uh, post to to uh, Xavier Worthy for the touchdown. I thought he was on time. He threw it in rhythm. Uh, he, uh, Xavier had literally just turned around. There's just no defending that. The, the defender was too far off in the first place. Mm-hmm. That was that was my favorite throw. And I know other people may say the JT Sanders throw or or another one, but I felt like that one was that one works against just about everybody, right? I think we've gotten a TD off of that play almost every game. Uh, just an RPO. It's RPO. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's just a simple look. Whether it's a glance or a slant, um, you can tell these guys have rehearsed this all off season. They are in sync on it. They have a DB isolated on the receiver, like they're in no man's land. Uh, so they're so far detached from the structure of the offense. You can't really help unless you're going to make it really obvious that you you have another guy out there bracketing or helping. And you leave X on an island, you leave A.D. Mitchell on an island, uh, Quinn can make that throw that look that, that as impressive as it was. I mean, it's, it's routine for him now, Bobby. Yeah, I, I thought it was nice. He saw both linebackers bite, went right over the top of them. Uh, hey, uh, this one is for you, too, uh, as well, Drew, because you mentioned him early. Uh, just want to give David Benda some love. He has been a pleasant surprise this season, both in coverage and against the run. Cheers yeah. and hook him. Colton, thank you. Uh, Drew was mentioning him right off the bat as one of the guys he felt like uh, was really playing well. Uh, then we have something from Warden here. It says, hook them, Bobby, Rod, and Drew. Exciting times. Uh, Amen, Texas, hey, Texas has a football team, guys. Damn right. Uh, two years ago, they were five and seven, not in a bowl game. You know, yeah. uh, that's that's the reality. This is not unlike what's happening at Florida State, by the way. They're, they're now 4-0 coming in. They've had two big wins now with not only Florida State, but also Clemson. Or, excuse me, with LSU and Clemson. Clemson, yeah. Uh, and so uh, and they they started off with Mike Norvell very slowly uh, the first two years, but his last two have been tremendous. I want to uh, give you all an update on this. If you're just now joining us, 
we've had about a thousand people join in the last 30 minutes. So I need to give an update. Uh, was Chris Jones injured at the end? Yes, he was. He came out of the game, but he went off on his own uh, ability. What the game wasn't stopped. Furthermore, Kelvin Banks went out in the next series. Uh, it looked like an ankle injury there. Uh, I was told by someone that was uh, there at the game that both of them were not hobbling or anything like that in post-game uh, to anything uh, like that. All right, uh, guys, looking forward a little bit. PK said he wants to average 20 points against us. Uh, KU is the test. Mm. Texas holds KU to 20. Texas is winning that football game. Uh, yeah, no doubt. If they can hold KU to 20, they win that game. I mean, I like I said, that's why I'm looking forward to this game. I do think it'll be a great test. Uh, the next two weeks, actually, will probably be the two biggest tests for the Texas defense um, it, because I just think the Kansas offense offers so many problems for you to solve, right? Coaches are just problem solvers, and and, and Sharp's offense like this too. It's so unique. It presents you with a lot of different problems you got to solve all at one time to, you know what I mean, to pretty much uh, neutralize the offense. And that's what Kansas does. There's a lot of different uh, moving parts to it um, that you got to figure out. And Texas is a high football IQ defense, right? You got a high IQ defense. That's going to be important in this game because you need a lot of different players solving those problems at every level of your defense against Kansas. So, yeah, if they can hold them to 20, I don't think they hold them under 20. But I could be wrong about that. I could be off about that. That'd be that's. Right. that's I, I think I, I definitely, I definitely think time of possession is going to be huge in that game. Yeah, um, it is. It seems like our touchdown drives are usually quick. There's a um, two play drive. I think there were two two play drives, right? I mean, our tough, and we we love that, right? We want to see that. But then our longer drives, it's like we end up with three points. You know. Um, it, it's it's just a weird dynamic, but it's going to be critical next week. I mean, we ran 59 plays a day. I think Baylor had 84. You can't have that disparity against Kansas. Wow. Uh, now, a lot of that was attributed to the muffed punts, but you can't give Kansas's offense 30 more plays or 25 more plays than you have. So um, we, you know, I want our offense to be, you know, all gas, no breaks, our defense to do the same. And, but I just, I'm trying to think of how do we manage the Kansas offense by having these short drives and just giving them the ball back. Even if we're scoring, Hey, we score in three minutes, they get the ball back. The more times and touches that they have, um, you know, it just, it, they're an offense that, that could, that's going to test you and stretch you. Yeah. That, I think that that's where you hope that your, your rotation on the defensive line yep. really comes into play uh, is against oh, yeah. a team like Kansas that can, they stretch you horizontally, vertically, uh, I, I think they're a very difficult offense to, to uh, manage. Uh, also, you have a guy in Jalen Daniels that's a really good operator of it, right? Uh, I, I, guys, uh, also uh, want to give a shout-out to Loba Bread uh, for the uh, Super Chat as it relates to Quinn Ewers and putting the wheels on for that 30-yard touchdown run. Uh, I would not have guessed a 30-yard touchdown run from Quinn Ewers on my bingo sheet uh, earlier uh, today, whenever we were doing the pregame, I, uh, before we get going, uh, we got uh, several more questions to get to. I want to mention InsideTexas.com. Uh, that is your place for team and recruiting news. There is no better place. Ten articles plus uh, a day right now on the Longhorns for both team and recruiting news. Uh, right now, use the promo code OTFIT 
23 That's O-T-F-I-T-23. One dollar for two months. You have to select the monthly offer. That's one dollar for two months. Uh, select the monthly offer, if you don't mind. Uh, that is the best place uh, for news on the uh, Longhorns as it is. All right. Uh, how is Kansas? Eric Perez asks, how is Kansas on the deep ball? Would they play a similar D as we did against Jalen Milrow? It's interesting. You probably could uh, situationally. I don't I don't necessarily think he's the same quarterback as Jalen Milrow, though, because he can work from the pocket. He can, he yeah. can work from the pocket. And he, when he said there are times, he, he kind of goes through kind of a, a three, it, it, it kind of goes through three phases. He can hurt you as a pocket passer. And then there are times where he works outside the pocket to extend plays, but still looking to throw. And then he can work with just a straight up dual threat quarterback who's just, they use him as a plus one in the running game. So yeah, at all times, he's going to force you to allocate resources to worry about him as a runner in the running game with design runs or as a scrambler and as a pocket passer. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's a preseason pick to be offensive player in the year in the big 12. I mean, he can hurt you almost with every uh, facet of his skill set. Uh, Scott, go for a solid win. Why do you think the Horns didn't throw as many wide receiver screens this game as they normally do? Is that due to Baylor's defensive style? Came out the very first play was a wide receiver screen. They blew up for minus five. That had to do something with it, right? <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, I, I agree. I, you don't run them against uh, – they didn't run – Baylor didn't run many after uh, they got blown up a little bit too. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's what it was, Scott. Um, Taylor, uh, fit, Taylor 57. Thanks for the super chat, uh, buddy. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, and here we go. <laughs> Congrats, Papa Babers. He did not oh. have the kiddo. No, uh, he, he, went to the, uh, he, yeah. he had to go uh, on Friday to the, to the, uh, what happened, Rod? You tell him that. And I appreciate all the well wishes. Yeah, we, we, we thought it was going down. I was ready to be the hype man. I was I was ready to go, man. I was in mindset. We went to the OB. OB said, it's, it's going down. I'm going to call the hospital to admit you in the hospital. We went to the hospital. Even the hospital said, we're admitting you. It's happening. So I got my mind right. I was like, okay, let's go. Hype man. I'm, you know, going through all my drills. Make sure my, you know, make sure I got everything I need in the bag. And I'm ready to send all the text messages to everybody. And then they come in like three, four hours later and they're like, yeah, it's just not, it's not progressing like we thought. And the tests are inconclusive. They don't really confirm anything. You guys can go home, but please be aware it could go down at any time. And I'm like, so go home and just stress out until it happens. And like pretty much, yeah. So I'm like, all right. So we went home and she's fine. She's hanging out there right now in the bedroom kicking it. So I think it was just false labor and I apologize, but it was a good practice run. I am well prepared now. I know exactly what floor to go to. I know where to park. I know or the nurses. I know them too in the labor and delivery unit. So I'm ready to go. Whenever it happens, Rob, be going to be on top of it, baby. I, hey, Rod, I got to tell you, <laughs> I talked to you Thursday night. You were putting in the car seat. And the next yeah. thing I heard was Friday morning. You were on the way to the, <laughs> on the, way to the doctor's Perfect office. timing. Perfect timing. I thought it was anyway. <laughs> All right. Now, this is the post-game show brought to you by the folks at Flight, uh, the next generation of light beer. Uh, and uh, the guys at Yingling have created a beer that is low calorie and low carb. Uh, it is a tremendous uh, brew. Uh, give it a chance if you next time you're in uh, the store. Uh, Texas Too Tough. Uh, guys, thanks for doing these post-game shows. Thoughts on Jet Bush starting? 
I mentioned that he was. They were in the four three out of the out of the uh, gate, guys, and and it works. You can't hey, say it didn't work. You got to sack. Did he get a sack on the first? He got a sack. I mean, I think the first time they dropped back, the that that tight end didn't know Jet Bush was going to be on top of him. He thought it was going to be probably thought it was going to be Jade Barron. To be honest, with you. <laughs> he's going to be able to just elbow him out of there. Seriously, no, I know what I can't complain because it it did work. Uh, I don't like taking Jade Barron off the field. I think there's. It's got to be another way to do it, but hey, man, PK's doing a great job. You can't second guess PK right now. Got it. I, I agree with you. I mean, right now he's got a game. I mean, I don't know what the total is now, but they were averaging 14 points or so a game, and now that's uh, down to just six tonight. So yeah, uh, they're they're just doing really good stuff right now. Uh, question from Texas Two Tough: Did Savion Red or Jaden Blue play? They both played in the they fourth did. quarter. They had mop up duty. Uh, and Savion Red had a very impressive run, I thought. Uh, did you see him shirk the tackler in the back, the backfield? He's got. I, I love how I love how aggressive he is when he runs. Uh, he's got good vision too. He got great vision actually. Yeah, I, he does, and he runs hard. Yep. Hey, Drew, I, I I got your thoughts on this early. I want to get Rod's thoughts on it about what makes this defense has made this defense go to that next level. Rod, oh, easy. this is from Jeremy Ryder. I have to say I was so impressed by the defense not biting on numerous yeah. screens. Sound defense, I love it. That's kind of what Drew was getting at as well, right? Is yes. it's a it's a headier defense than oh, what we've it, seen. Football IQ. That's all I was gonna and you just said headier. You got you said a lot of different ways, but they're just a smarter defense. The football IQ has grown tremendously. Sark talked about it in the offseason. We gotta become a football team with a higher football IQ. Uh, we've heard the players talk about it. I've heard the players remark about the chess match within the game. I've heard today Barron talk about, oh, I'm watching film. Heard, you know, Lowell Glendo say during the Longhorn net, uh, Network broadcast that, hey, he presents Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon with his own, you know, uh, presentation of plays and folder of plays and personnel groupings that he thinks they need to key in on. Uh, and we talked about Jalen Ford, who sits with Malik Murphy after practice, and he wants because he wants to know why the quarterbacks are checking to these plays and why they are making these uh, these audibles at the line and why he's motioning these guys and why they are setting up certain formations the way they are because he's trying to learn why and how the offense is trying to exploit him. That's the chess match within the game. So now not only is Sark getting better at the chess match within the game, the adjustments and the measure, and the counters and the countermeasures, um, but now the players themselves. Right? Remember what Dave Barron said about the Alabama pick? He said they ran the same play early in the game, so I figured out what the read was for Jalen Miro. If I dropped back in coverage, he was throwing underneath. If I jumped the underneath, he was going to throw it behind me. So I said, okay, I'm going to act like I'm dropping, and then I'm going to jump the underneath. He acted like he was dropping, jumped the underneath, boom, pick. That's the way – Drew, you already know. That's the way it works. You figure out the chess match in the game, and that's all these guys are doing now. That's what it is. A part of it is the continuity with the staff. They, the terminology all the same, so they're comfortable. You learn now your role within the structure. What You learn how you can improvise. You have certain liberties within the framework of the defense, right? There are certain rules that bind the structural integrity of the defense, but then you learn the rules and you learn, okay, I can violate the rules on this down, this distance, in this situation with that formation. I can cheat. You learn when you can cheat, where you can cheat in the defense, and these guys all know that. To Drew's point, when the defensive call doesn't necessarily match up well with the offensive uh, play, you got players that can now adapt. 
they know, oh, I can cheat on this. Yeah, Coach, Coach, he didn't really, uh, he didn't plan on this void in defense, but don't worry, I already got it because I'll tell my my safety, hey, I'm going to cheat over here. Just make sure you got my back and you take the deep the deep third when I cheat. It, all those things within the defense, now these guys are communicating that. That's what I'm seeing, and that's exactly why they're a better defense. Hey, Rod, question for you from Justin Yarbrough. How do we improve against the deep ball? And as Jerry says, great week to coach. Yeah. Uh, I, is it personnel? I mean, it looked yeah. like it looked like Watts was in trail position twice. Yeah, I and call had, it. Had I, lost some space, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's different things, right? Because you got to figure out uh, for every player, it's a different reason why they got beat deep. Um, I call it having a panic plan, and when the ball is thrown deep, because a lot most DBs they panic when the ball is deep. They just do. They just naturally not. They don't play the deep ball that often, and yeah. when it's thrown deep, they just they don't have a plan. Like, oh, what am I doing? Uh, the panic plan means knows exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to defend the deep ball when it's thrown deep. And whether that's going to be, you're going to, some guys play the ball. Some guys play the receiver and the hands and eyes of the receiver. Some guys go to pin the receiver. I'm going to pin the receiver to the sideline <laughs> look, and I'll look for the ball. There are different ways to play it. Um, and that depends on your skill set. I never played the ball because I was, a, you guys know, I was terrible at playing the ball. My, my hands like feet. Right. So I was like, man, if I can try to play the ball, I'm going to look bad out there. And then the guy's going to catch the ball. And it was like, Rob, be such a scrub. So I always played the eyes and the hands. I was eyes, hands guy. So I faced the receiver most of the time. I wasn't going to touch him, but I knew his eyes get real big when the ball's coming. And usually their hands are going to come up when the ball comes too. And I play those things. I shoot the hands and I play the eyes. Eyes get real big. They can't help it. So that's what I would, that, that's usually how I played it. Every guy's got to be different and learn how to play it. And you can't tell one DB how to play it because I think that rigidity, like, oh, you have to play a deep, deep ball like this every time. Nah, honestly, that causes guys to play like robots. You don't want a guy playing like a robot. Go out there and play the deep ball the best way of the situation demands. That's how you need to play it. Like Coach Akina said, I'm going to give you tools. It's up to you to figure out when to use that tool in what situation. And I think that's the best way to handle it. Um, I think going forward, though, for Texas, they'll try their best to have a safety over the top, one they believe has more range. I'm trying to figure out, Jalen Catalan probably has the most range of the safeties out there, him or Jaron Thompson. Unless it's Derek Williams. Yeah. I I think, Rod, another thing, and and Coach Akina taught this too, um, where are your eyes? Because I'm not sure, and I want to, when we go back and watch this film, I'm I'm not sure it's Ryan Watts' eyes aren't getting caught peeking because it wasn't like he was playing man up or he was, I mean, he, he was, was failing. He, he was, was failing on that one. So it's one thing if guys are running past you, it's another thing if you don't have awareness or you panicking, you don't have a panic plan and you know, you don't have the, the ball skills to play or yeah. a plan when the ball's in the air, but it's a completely different thing. If you're getting beat deep or a guy's getting a step on you, because you're peaking in the backfield a little too long off of RPO action when you know you have this man coverage. That's true. This is your guy deep. Whether he's running a post, whether he's running – whatever he's running, he's your guy. You got to make sure you stay on top. You don't want to be caught chasing a guy. Um, and certain guys can get away with that. I, I'm not sure – I'm not sure Watts is one who can get away with having, you know, a, a misstep, uh, you know, especially if a guy's running – doing a deep route. Yeah. No, you're right. But he doesn't have makeup speed like that. To catch up, <laughs> well, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not trying to be mean, but he doesn't have that kind of makeup no, speed. Play to your strengths. He does a lot yes, of great exactly. things. That yeah. I mean, there's a reason he's 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 out there. Yes, you know? so, I, I was I was laughing. I was not laughing at y'all's comment. I was oh, laughing at this uh this uh 
super chat. Okay. What tastes better, Yingling or Sooner Tears? <laughs> I, you know, let's be clear. There's nothing that tastes better than Sooner Tears, probably. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, um, uh, you're listening to the uh, Inside Texas on Texas Football post-game show. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers, Drew Kelson. Uh, it's sponsored by uh, Flight, the next generation of light beer uh, from Yingling. Uh, Rod, you missed some of the some of the notes in there. Uh, they they said you were breaking down film. They said your baby is going to be breaking down film of the sonogram. <laughs> when she's and one year old, uh, and you're gonna be in the. You're gonna have her in the film room. Baby uh, girl, so, will you be know, well there it is. Rod's baby <laughs> was breaking down the sonograms in the womb. She'll uh, be well versed in the coverages. I guarantee you that. <laughs> hey guys, uh, one comment here, and I think this is a, a, a fair one, right? Uh, we may have criticisms of Quinn, but he doesn't turn the ball over. I felt like only one ball could have been picked tonight. Oh, and yeah, that the was the ball, the, the out to Baxter, yeah. the, in the flat. Y'all, yeah. y'all agree with that? He, otherwise, he was very yeah. safe with it. Yeah, he that was he, he kind of he didn't put he didn't step into it. It was kind of side arm. That was crazy. That was a crazy throw. Yeah. And, and yeah. for any in, for any quarterback, when it comes to turnovers, it's going to take a little luck. You know, uh, some guys just dropping balls and missing some picks. I mean, last I mean last week he had one. He threw off his back foot. Uh, safety Ooh. came over and almost picked that off. I mean, so yeah. it's not it hasn't been the la the first opportunity. <laughs> to uh yeah. to get a pick but there, there's some luck that comes with that but for the most part it hasn't had been any egregious uh things that he's just he's just throwing the ball to the to defenders misreads that are throwing the ball to to defenders so you know we'll see how long we keep it going you're right about the luck thing though no. that does help here. really happy with the game tonight uh however hard to miss that this was our second lowest uh our lowest second half output on offense. Any reason to be concerned, or would you say it's just how the game was? I think it's just how the game was. Yeah. They they put, I mean, they put up 10 points in the third quarter and the game was over. Yeah. I mean, it was 38 to six at that point, right? Yeah. It's hard I mean, to and, create and, the, and the very first, the very first drive of the fourth quarter, yeah, they marched it the length of the field and, and missed the field goal. Yeah, that's that sounds like somebody who um who who thought Texas was so dominant in the first half he would bet the second half points or something and thought the horn knew the horns could have put up more points they just didn't. That's what that sounds like you might be on to something like that. I mean, I'm just saying if if that's your criticism tonight, there's some other things we could point out. But if you're you worried about the horns not scoring in the second half in a game like this, it's probably because you bet the over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. another guy that we didn't mention much of, Vernon Broughton, uh, played really well tonight as well. He's coming on as a senior. Uh, yeah. I guess he's a redshirt junior, uh, but his fourth year at Texas, he went from a non-rotational player to someone that they're relying on. Uh, the player development for Texas continues. Uh, Rod and, and, and Drew, you guys went through this as well. What does that look like? I mean, from a culture slash – uh, behind the scenes standpoint, when you see guys coming on and playing like David Benda, uh, Vernon Broughton, uh, later in their careers and making an impact, what do y'all, not only to that player, right? I mean, that player shows some uh, stick to it, basically. He stuck to mm -hmm. the, stuck to it. What else does it say about the coaching staff that's bringing them along? Is, is that a, a bunch of different things? speak nicely about a bunch of different things? I, the thing that stands out to me, and it's not just the development, it's 
there's a lot of guys rotating through, but I really think it's because they've earned the right to play. They practice to a standard, they perform to a standard, and this staff is rewarding guys for 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 what they are producing. I mean, Mo Blackwell came right off of injury. Some guys they get tiptoed back up. He was on the field tonight. Mm-hmm. Jed Bush was on the field tonight. Justice Finkley was on the field tonight. Uh, Jamon, like you're seeing guys, if they can play to a standard, they are getting reps on this team. Um, so I, I really, I mean, Derek Williams, you're seeing young guys out there. Uh, seeing, I, I remember I, there was a, I'm seeing Anthony Hill Jr., Manny Muhammad, and Derek Williams on the field at the same time tonight. And I'm just I'm watching them. I'm like, man, these guys are gonna. I mean, we have them the next two years. They're, they're logging snaps right now. They're communicating. They're they're, they're right. They're a part of the development plan, and that's a testament to that. When you see juniors, redshirt juniors and freshmen and guys, if they can play to a standard, they're getting on the field, they're contributing, and they're playing winning football right now across the board. They really are. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 add, I completely agree. Can I, can I add a little something to Drew's point? I love what he said because I remember when I played as a young guy and just throwing the young, unproven player in there who's got high upside out there with guys who've already proven themselves. And guys who've been there and done that, like you know, Quentin Jammer at the time was in that. Shout out to my man Ahmad Brooks and those guys who had already proven and been on the field and done that. Texas has a great mix right now of those veteran guys who are leaders on the field, who do who lead by example, who can show them exactly how how they need to conduct themselves, uh, what what level they need to play at and perform at and practice at and all those important things. And then enough of the young guys who will take those lessons. And then you can you can you can start the 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 passing down right the passing of the torch of those uh, of those leadership skills and the culture and Sark doesn't have to teach that to every group and every generation coming in right that that will be passed down and somewhere along the line after Drew left and and long after I left it was lost right there was there was something it was like a disconnect it was that tradition of passing down that lineage of leadership and those those values of, of of how to play and how to practice at texas somewhere it was lost and we don't know where and it, you know the program kind of lost its way after that i think now you're getting back to that and sark even said it it was the guys he inherited not the guys he recruited that have really rebuilt this culture it was it was actually the guys <laughs> tom herman recruited who decided that they were done they were they were going to finally leave this program in a better place than they found it and that was their mission. And now all these guys are leaders on this team and they're deciding, yeah, this is this is this was our goal. And now it's coming to fruition. It I'm proud of those guys. I that was my mission when I came to Texas to bring the program back to prominence where the brand is feared and respected and I'd mocked and ridiculed. And congrats to those guys for doing it. It's I'm not saying it's totally back. I'm not saying Texas is back, but I'm just saying that th- I know this was part of their mission. And they are well on their way to accomplishing that. I'm just I'm impressed by the coaches and by the team right now. Um, it's one thing, and y'all know this. It's one thing to be talented and and you know say you're going to do things. The team's four zero. The bottom line: two years ago, they won five games the whole year. I mean, it, it's 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 turning uh, right now, and it's turning not only because of those seniors. It's turning because they've got young players coming up through the ranks. They're developing those players. There's just a lot to like, right? I mean, that, that 
that's I talked all off season about this with with you guys, uh, Drew and Rod, and everyone else with, at Inside Texas. There's just so much to like about what's going on, and you know, is it perfect? No, it's not. They had two muff punts tonight. They had they had a missed field goal. Uh, you know, they they probably did something else wrong too. I, I you know, there's there's just a number of things, but when the good so totally outweighs the bad um, and you end up dominating a team 38 to six that you buff those two punts inside your own 20. I mean, Texas theoretically could, could have given away 17 points tonight. Yep. Right. And did they No. Um, And, and I think that that Texas, you know, Baylor's not a great team, so I don't, I don't want to, you know, make some large pronouncement here. They had guys drop passes that were wide open. Uh, they they clearly were shocked by, I think, the defensive speed of the front by Texas. It, I mean, Sawyer Robertson looked like a deer in headlights for the mm-hmm. first two, two drives, right? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all agree with that? Yep. <laughs> Finally, the speed started catching up for him. But, uh, man, uh, I am, I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion that the Longhorns right now in really, really – uh, good situations. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jonte Randolph, for the super chat. Let me ask you this. I, I had something else I wanted to bring up. Uh, come on, Bobby. <laughs> I'm looking for it, guys. I'm looking <laughs> for it. Give me one second. There you go. I got faith in you, brother. I'm, I'm trying, man. It's been a long one. I, I can't <laughs> find it. The, the question the, the question dealt, dealt with a, a, this thing, and that is Texas and the offense and the defense. Um, is this is the best offense, the best Sark offense, not necessarily complementary to a PK defense? Uh, hmm. So in other words, because PK likes to play a little bit, but don't break at times. Although I yeah. think he got more aggressive tonight. Yes, he did. Um, I think he got more aggressive. Is it not the, the quick scoring rod that you brought up on the uh, Kansas, uh, how Kansas is more methodical at times? That was Drew, I think. Yeah, yeah it's our Drew. I'm sorry. Is that a, is that not necessarily simpatico, you know, I guess, the two styles? So I think we're, we're thinking because we're scoring fast, I think we're assuming – or it's natural for us to think, okay, we're scoring fast because of deep balls or deep shots. I mean, the really, when you look at how we played tonight, was Jonathan Brooks's long 40 yard run supposed to be a touchdown? No, I mean, <laughs> in, I mean, that you would have thought, okay, six yards, eight yards, 10 yards, however many yards, you get a first down and you keep driving down the field. Mm-hmm. Stark can't help if his players are creating explosive plays with the ball in their hand. It'd be different if we were taking shots and throwing 50-yard bombs. If you look at the stat sheet, how many players had explosive plays, plays of over 15 yards or more? Wow. I mean, Quinn had a 29-yard run. Yeah. Sark didn't draw that up. This goes back to Sark is just putting players in position to make plays. The players are the ones shortening the drives. So is it intended? Is it complimentary? It's not complimentary because the guys are performing. The guys are creating explosive plays and actually getting into the end zone. Yeah, I, I go back to I, I just remember Chris Chris Peterson, who's who the offensive coordinator was and the oh, offensive yeah. coach uh, Boise. for Boise State and at Washington. 
that PK, PK kind of came up with. And he was very two tight ends, heavy sets, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. grinded out and then hit them big over the top. A little Rock, bit different yeah. than what Sark is. Yeah. I, I kind of wondered about that. Um, I, I, at Inside Texas, we have something called the Gas Camp Award. Uh, what that is is a player that comes on as a senior that hadn't played much as of yet uh, prior to that. Is that David Benda most likely this year for you guys? Oh. Yeah, you mean like your John Harris's of the world? Yes, John Harris is a perfect, perfect yeah. example. Uh, yeah, you're right. David Bend is definitely that guy right now. Just trying to think. Yeah, he's definitely that guy. No yeah, question. David Bend. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I've got to ask you all about two guys. Uh, and this is going to, yeah. we're getting ready to wrap up here. Uh, the Longhorns beat uh, beat the tar out of Baylor uh, 38 to 6. <laughs> it was a, it was Love a big one. Let us see it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. I got to ask this. Uh, oh, thank you, ATX Bros, for the uh, Bose for the, uh, the super chat. Uh, Bobby, could you pin OU's Jim Ross for a one, two, three? I don't know if I can pin anybody. <laughs> I got to be honest. <laughs> I'm worn out on Saturday nights. Hey, hey I want to give y'all this one. Commissioner Yormark, greetings mm. from the Texas Longhorns. Uh, yeah. Not only Baylor, uh, but Texas Tech is now one in three, guys. Joey McGuire has to be wondering what's going on right now. I don't know if he's been one in three as a coach in 30 years. Yeah, a lot of talk before the season. It wouldn't be as bad if we had a lot of talk coming out of Lubbock before the season started, too. Uh, but I like Joe. Actually, I, I was a fan of Joe Me the Money, Joey McGuire, but there ain't no doubt, man. He's struggling right now. Now you're talking about saving your season with that uh, game at the end of the season against Texas, potentially, because you might need it to make a bowl game. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. These, these I mean, in the plan um, programs, man, you got to be careful. TCU, I mean, TCU going to be fine, but Texas Tech, Baylor, I mean, just they, it takes time to build this thing. It takes time to build this thing. In this environment, it's not going to be kind to Lubbock. It's not going to be kind to Waco. It's not going to be kind to some of these other programs right now. You got to get some guys that you that can anchor your programs. And uh, yeah, Mr. Yormark, our work is not done in the Big 12 yet. That's just Ooh. one. I want them all. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I like your attitude, Drew. <laughs> I want them all. We, we, we don't have to say anything to your mark, mark yet. I want them all. I want them all. I love it. Every last one. Mm-hmm. He's come. Yeah. Hey, uh, so Texas beats uh, Baylor uh, 38 to 6. I want to ask you guys for some closing thoughts. Uh, the Longhorns, I thought, dominated today after the maybe this when they got on the scoreboard and put seven up. I thought they're going to win this game easy um, is what I, I literally did. And I don't, I I'm never that way almost. Uh, And, but the defensive line was just getting so much penetration. Uh, The running backs had nowhere to go. Uh, The quarterback looked intimidated at points. Uh, And I'm talking about Baylor's and Texas receivers were running wide open. And it didn't look like, even though uh, Baylor did get home on this with a, a couple of sacks tonight, yeah, I want to give them uh, credit for that. It didn't look like it was overwhelming Quinn Ewers. No, Did it even when he got sacked, it didn't look like it was something he didn't expect. Uh, there was no real surprises. I, I just thought it was, you know, look, you're the number three ranked team in the country. You may not be number three. You may be the top five to ten or whatever you are, but you're pretty darn good. And and we saw Texas, you know, show out uh, tonight, thirty eight to six. Uh, Drew, you go first, and Rod, I want you to close this out. What, what are your thoughts right now, sum, summing up uh, tonight's win? 
Um, 4-0, uh, anytime you, you got an O there, I mean, anytime you come away from a win, you want to be excited about it. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, this was just kind of a, a progression of what we've already been. Our defense was dominant. Our defense has shown up all games this season, and um, they're going to continue to show up. And so everybody can can have some faith in that showing up, I mean, moving forward, especially going into next week. Um, but that was my takeaway from the defense. Our defense showed up. I love to see it. Offense did what they had to do. Jonathan Brooks, explosive plays, back-to-back games, finishing games strong, fourth quarter, hustle plays at the end of Alabama game, picking up some fumbles. Jonathan Brooks is quietly one of my favorite players on the Texas offense right now, uh, just with how he's contributing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to develop, continue to lead his team uh, with that run game and lead those that young group of backs back there. And um, we got to clean up special teams uh, before Kansas. We got to clean up special teams. We have a we have another game next week that we all have something we, we should be excited about. Uh, I'm actually going to the game next week, and uh, nice. I look forward to seeing seeing nice. a lot of y'all out there. This is gonna be a fun one next week, guys. We got to be loud next week. Um, this is hopefully Kansas brings it. You know, we, we'd love to see another game like this one, but uh, I I anticipate a great one next week, and so uh, hopefully we get some things cleaned up and take care of business. Rod, what about you, buddy? Uh, I'll, I'll start with the defense. You know, we asked the question before the season started, could this defense go from a good defense to a great defense? And uh, Bobby, I'll give you credit. You said, you know, I think the defense actually may lead the way. It may be the identity of this team actually this season. Um, and there's no doubt, man, this defense is out to make a statement. Uh, it is possible that this defense could go from last year being a good defense to being a great defense. Even we dare say an elite defense. Uh, but the next game versus Kansas, we'll put that to the test. That hypothesis will be put to the test uh, in the next two weeks, actually, because Oklahoma's going to put it to the test a little bit, too, uh, with Dylan Gabriel and what he can do in that Jeff Levy offense. So I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to see what this uh, this defense um, is going to come uh, with versus Kansas. Uh, PK, he, he's been, like you said, he's, he's going outside of his comfort zone a little bit. He's starting to be more aggressive. Remember, Sark has, has said publicly multiple times, we want to be aggressive. On both sides of the ball. We want to be the aggressor. We want to be on the attack. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt if you got a very aggressive game plan unless bend but don't break versus Kansas. Because you bend but don't break versus Kansas, you're gonna bend a lot. They're gonna bend you over. You wanna go out there, you wanna make you wanna you wanna make more plays than that. All right, you know what? Nah, so just you know, I'm sorry, I'm about the visual of that. But anyway, my point is I can't wait to see what PK's got in store for Kansas. Going to the other side of the ball with Texas. Uh, on offense, I, I love what Sark has brought to the table in this game versus Baylor. To me, it was, and I'll read my quote again, right, to, to, so we can we get it right. I wrote down that this, this offensive onslaught by Texas versus uh, Baylor. You said 500-plus yards of offense. Because he used so many different multiple personnel groupings and formations, we saw empty. We saw 21. We saw 12, 11, 6 O-line package. Threw it all out there. I wrote it was a campaign of misinformation that will dull the senses of Texas opponents with minutia and waste their most valuable resource, which is time. There is no way you can prepare for everything that Texas presents to you because you don't have enough time during the week to do it. You got to trust all your players to do a lot of stuff on their own independently because you just don't have enough time given to you by the NCAA allotted for the week in meetings and in practice to practice all of the concepts that Texas throws at teams. I think that's what this was about for Sark. This was putting the, the Big 12 on notice. 
that if you wanna if you wanna try to defend Texas offense, you better do your homework and you're gonna be up late nights. You're gonna be sleep deprived. You ain't you ain't gonna see your wife and kids that week. You're gonna be putting in some time to prepare for this offense because we got we can we we can beat you like Drew said in like five six different ways, and we can do and we can do it really well. And that's what I love about this offensive game plan versus Baylor. It shows their versatility and, and the variety of the offense. They win a, a number of different ways, is what Sark said. Yeah, yep. and I think that's what we've seen. And it's not just with defense; it's not just with offense. Uh, you know, look, Texas four uh, zero. Uh, to what Drew said, I, I completely agree. Uh, guys, uh, that's going to do it for tonight. I do want to say thank you to a couple of people. Uh, not only Drew Kelson and Rod Babers, but our producer, Matt Hutchison. He's been going at this since 8 a.m. this morning, guys. Uh, really appreciate him. Also want to say thank you uh, to the folks at Inside Texas. Uh, they are where I am uh, just about every day, all day. Uh, the uh, it, it is a true pleasure to work with, with uh, some of the best in the business. Uh, give us a try at InsideTexas.com. Promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Right now we're running a special. I think until Texas loses, we're going to run this special. Uh, I'm going to talk to Eric because I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm a. I am absolutely superstitious. Um, One dollar mm-hmm. for two months right now. Must select the monthly offer. That's OTFIT23. Also, thank you uh, to the folks at Yingling. Uh, and flight of the next generation of light beer. Drew, uh, we'll see you again this week. Hopefully, you can come on in the morning show. Rod, you got to live stream tomorrow night. Yes, uh, guys, uh, Texas wins 38 to 6. Tell you what, not bad for the last time in Waco for the Longhorns. Uh, that's going to be it for a while for the Longhorns in Waco. Uh, for Rod and Drew, hook them. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs>